From the friendly frontier, this is Everything West Texas. This podcast is brought to you in part by Floyd Miller Investments and the West Texas Tribune. Hosted by the man himself, Mr. Floyd Miller. All the information conveyed during this show is intended to inform, educate, and resonate with integrity and credibility. We may make you laugh, we may even make you cry, but never will we speak out against you or about you. We want to speak with and for you because every voice deserves to be heard. The views and opinions expressed on this show are meant to stimulate, not offend, and we reserve the right to edit content and outside participation to preserve the ethical value and professional principles of operation structure, maintain a platform for interaction and information. Join us as we explore trending topics in news, politics, sports, business, education, faith, and the people, places, graces of creating a ripple in the surface of the big country. Your host of Everything West Texas, streaming on all major podcast platforms for your listening and viewing fulfillment, the investment professional and editor-in-chief, Mr. Floyd Miller. Where the cotton grows and the oil flows, here's Everything West Texas. Hello, I'm Floyd Miller. I'm the host of It's Everything West Texas. And again, we're bringing a program that I believe will be very beneficial uh, to the community. Today, we're going to be talking about removing the stigma. There's all types of stigmas out there, and we'll get into those uh, just a little later. But the individual that I have in the studio today is Pastor Matthew Lubin Sr. He is the pastor of Macedonia Baptist Church. Welcome to the studio, Pastor Lubin. Thank you, Mr. Miller. I really appreciate you having me on today. Well, I'm glad to have you because um, you're, ta- you're going to be talking about a subject that is uh, very, I believe, very important to our community. But before I get into that, I'd like for you to tell us maybe a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your family and how long you've been in Macedonia. Well, I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana. That's in the southwest corner of the state. I enlisted in the United States Air Force shortly after I graduated high school. I served about 11 years. My last duty station was out here at Dias Air Force Base, and that's how I got here to the city of Abilene. In 2001 is when I accepted the pastorate at Macedonia Baptist Church, so I've been there a little bit over 20 years now. I have three sons, and uh, all of my sons grew up in Abilene. They graduated from Abilene High Two of them went on to go to university, one at a uh, University of North Texas in Denton, and the youngest one will be graduating next month with his master's degree from Texas A&M. So uh, I've been a part of the community here in Abilene since 1993, so I'm not a stranger uh, to the area, have made a lot of good relationships and friendships, and I am uh, uh, I have a love for the people of Abilene as well as the uh, the communities that are represented here in our city. You know, it's really amazing how fast time flies, as you were talking about. When you came to the city, I was trying to remember the first time I met you, and the first time I remember meeting you was at Miss Lena Jones Barbershop. I remember you coming in there. Miss Jones, bless her heart, she's gone on to her reward, but she was a, she was a great lady, and and speaking of great people, I mean, you're coming in at uh, Macedonia Baptist Church behind uh, Pastor T.G. Oliphant, a very well-respected man uh, in this community. So there was, those were pretty big shoes to fill, but you've been there for a long time, so evidently God's blessing you to do a, a good job there. Tell us a little bit about your congregation, what size it is, kind of what the makeup of it is, and well, our congregation is a predominantly African-American uh, congregation. Prior 
to COVID, our average attendance was about 100, 125. Um, COVID kind of knocked those numbers down, uh, but we've been steadily increasing, have a good group of people who love the Lord, um, and we're trying to make an impact for the kingdom of heaven in uh, in the city of Abilene. Well, one thing that I, I remember about Macedonia, most of the times I've been there, it's probably been under a funeral or a situation like that, but everybody is so dressed up, and I know that uh, church, you can it's not what you wear per se, but it, you look out there and you see people really dressed up. That sure does look nice. Yeah, that's that's just customary in the African-American church to get dressed up on Sunday and go to the Lord's house. All right. Well, let's get into what you're going to talk about is removing the stigma. Now, when you say remove the stigma, what type of stigmas are you talking about? We are generally talking about the stigma that's attached to mental health. But specifically, the stigma that's attached to depression. Um, it's not only within the African-American community, but since that's the community that I am directly uh, involved with, uh, there are stereotypes that have been connected uh, when a person is experiencing depression, whether it's situational depression or clinical depression. And by situational depression, I mean there are situations that happen all of our lives that affect us on an emotional level. that can cause us some real sorrow, some real grief. And there are times when most, dare I say, all of us could benefit by engaging somebody to help us to navigate through those times. However, the stigma is this. You ought to be able to handle it by yourself. If you can't, that's a sign of weakness when that's not true. Everybody needs some help sometime, including those times when we are really weighed down because of some things that we are confronted with. Yo, now, what are, what are some things that might cause one to go into uh, deep depression? I don't. Cla- I, let, let's not just focus on deep depression. Let's say depression in general, because there are, are various stages okay, um, all right. uh, of depression. Let's say divorce. That can be very uh, traumatic. Um, it can impact a person on a deep level, and it would be beneficial for some people to try uh, to, to not navigate, try to navigate through that all by themselves. It's all right if you're feeling some kind of way if uh, if you've experienced a divorce. Your child gets incarcerated, and that, that could affect a, a mother or a father on a very deep level because I don't care who you are, you know, you may start to question, well, was it my fault? Could I have done better? What should I have done? What should I not have done? And that can impact a person uh, on a very deep level to cause them some sense of uh, of depression. You lose your job. Um, that can affect somebody. Um, you lose a loved one who, who passes away. And oftentimes we are feeling how we're feeling. But since the stigmas are often, well, there's something must be wrong with you because you ought to just be able to get over it. You ought to just be able to pull yourself up uh, by your bootstraps. And so rather than seeking some type of people suffering silence. Okay, so maybe maybe an example, and particularly when you're talking about people of faith that may be depressed, uh I guess you're saying that somebody might be saying, well, you know, if you sing in the choir, if you do this, and if, you, if you're a Sunday school teacher and all of that, you, you ain't supposed to be depressed. That's, that, that's because we often think that, uh, or, or, or the, uh, the stereotype, the misunderstanding from a theological perspective is that faith in God should exempt you from experiencing negative human emotions. But that's simply not that's simply not true. For for example, Moses, great man uh, of faith, but 
He was having some difficult times with the people that he was leading. And it caused him such grief that Moses actually prayed, Lord, kill me. Um, I, 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 would, I would say he must have been pretty low in his emotions to pray a prayer, Lord, kill me. You read through the whole book of Job. Job was experiencing some immense emotional uh, distress. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentation that expresses the deep sorrow that a great prophet named Jeremiah was experiencing at what was happening to his people and the city of Jerusalem in particular. There are psalms that are actually called lament psalms, and those psalms express the whole gamut of human emotion, in particular negative human emotion. Many of those were David, a man after God's uh, own heart. And I don't believe it's just coincidence that the Lord would allow these things to be found in Scripture. I believe they are there to show us that a part of the human experience is to deal with the negative emotions that we have. You know, just sitting here thinking about what you're saying and listening to you, um, I don't know what kind of individual there is that would never get depressed. I mean, to me, that would be kind of a scary person when you stop and think about it. Exactly. You you, you, you would be borderline sociopathic or uh, psychotic if you never felt any deep sorrow. And sometimes we need some help. Sometimes we need some help because there's nothing wrong with you. Well, you another word you uh, mentioned was emotions. And so what will happen to us if we let our emotions get out of check, if we let those emotions run ahead of us? First of all, it would definitely diminish our quality of life. Secondly, it can negatively influence the relationships that we have uh, with others. It can cause us not to perform the way we should perform. Uh, on our on our jobs, and at at worst, it could ultimately cause a person to commit suicide. Okay, I kind of want to come around to that when you when you mention uh, Moses being so low that he uh, prayed that God would would kill him, and uh, we know that uh, in most cases where people commit suicide, it's a situation of hopelessness. So if somebody is listening to us today and they are at that point where they feel like, you know, it's just no use. This this does not make any sense. Is there any words you could say to that person today? Uh, any words of encouragement? I would tell them that suicide is a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Life Experience teaches us that nothing stays the same, that everything changes. And no matter how low you may be, you can find relief if you're willing to reach out to somebody. When you get that low, that's a point where you need some help. And if you're willing to reach out to somebody to help you, things can change. Oh, okay. So... I guess that's part of what your um, your seminar, your s- session is about that's coming up uh, a little later in November. Is that open to anyone? Can anybody come? Or? Yes, sir. On, on November the 20th at 7 o'clock at, at uh, Macedonia Baptist Church, we are going to be uh, launching Removing the Stigma, which is a community service. Um, and we're going to be engaging the topics, uh, some of the topics that we're talking about right now uh, on what a depression is, how we can uh, engage or manage depression in a healthy way to ultimately find 
some relief as well as the connection between spirituality and depression because obviously the Lord does play a part in helping us to get uh, emotionally and mentally uh, healthy. But in addition to what we're going to be doing in that educational component on November the 20th is we have a network of therapists who will uh, who are volunteering their services for those who perhaps don't have the funding, the finances or insurance and we will be connecting those persons who may who may want to get some some uh, some counseling to a counselor who can help them navigate through uh, through their emotional distress. Okay, and let's get back to that stigma a little bit. It's what you're saying is that people sometimes are afraid to admit what's going on with them because they are afraid of what somebody else might say or how someone might label them. Exactly. Yes, I couldn't have stated it any better myself. There are people who know something is not right with me emotionally, which is normal. If you're going through some traumatic experience, that's normal. Not just for you, that is normal for every other person you come in contact with. But because those emotions have been stigmatized, that 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 there is something wrong with you, and nobody wants to uh, have other people think that something is wrong with them or that they're crazy or that they're weak or that they have a lack of faith. Nobody wants anybody to, to, to think that about them. So rather than saying anything because of these labels, these stigmas that have been attached, they suffer in silence. They suffer in silence because they are afraid to come out. Now, no one is perfect. None of us are perfect. So whereas we may have to speak the truth in love to individuals from time to time, none of us should find ourselves in those positions of being judgmental and harsh on people. Would you say that's correct? I would. I, I would use for an illustration um, uh familiar Bible story that many, many people are probably uh, aware of, and that's the parable of the prodigal son. So the son goes away, acts a fool, winds up at a very low place in his life. And the Bible says when he comes to himself, in other words, he had got so low, he really wasn't wasn't in his right mind. But he said, I'm going back home. I'm going back home because I know I done messed up. I sinned against heaven. I sinned against God. So he goes back home. And when his father sees him, his father runs and embraces him and doesn't say, like some of us would say, I told you. You should, when a person expresses their knowledge about what they've done and what they're going through, that's not the time for, and I told you, that's not the, that's not the time for any uh, condemnation. That's the time to embrace and to, to help them, to help them up. And so we've got to be mindful when people are sharing with us not to grab a hold to some of these, these cliches that we throw out. Well, just pray about it. Well, I've been praying about it. The implication by you telling me to pray about it is that you don't think I got enough sense to know that I need to be. I've been praying about it. I'm reaching out because prayer, yes, is important. But many times God answers our prayers by leading us to somebody or somebody's that he's going to work through uh, to help us. So you're right, Mr. Miller. We need to be careful how we respond when people uh, get the courage to open up to us and not just grab on to some of these cliche things that we often tell people that can often be more hurtful than help. Right. And so, you know, if a, if a person came to you and said, um, you know, I really have a bad heart problem. I'm talking about a physical problem now. We wouldn't tell that person to just get over it. Exactly. 
because we recognize there are some things physically that we need somebody else who got some expertise to help us with. Right. So we would we would pray with that individual. We'd hold his hand or her hands. We'd pray for them. We'd pray for the doctors for a good outcome. Exactly. So so the same thing. We need to start looking at our brothers and sisters that may have depression, um, other mental problems in that same respect. Exactly. Just just, uh, just as we got enough sense to know that there are some physical ailments uh, that are beyond getting some aspirin to treat, there are some mental and emotional ailments sometimes that just goes beyond praying alone. Pray, yes, but there are times when prayer needs to be in conjunction with some type of therapy that will be beneficial in getting us to good mental health. Right. So you're having the session on November the 20th. Is that just one session or is there going to be several? How does that work? That particular session is not going to be the only session. That is that is to launch and to introduce the uh, to introduce the organization to the community and to uh, to begin a conversation um, to start to focus on removing these stereotypes, uh, but to also uh, let folks know that there are there's help that's available through our organization. Uh, we will continue to plan different functions uh, to continue to provide education in this particular area as time goes by. So a a community, a church, or any organization that has good mental health, uh, a better mental health is going to be a more positive, better uh, functioning organization, would it not be? Uh, absolutely. I believe our quality of life or the lack thereof is impacted by our mental and emotional health. What brought Macedonia to the point of we need to do something in this area? Obviously, I believe that it is the leading of God um, because this particular area is not by any means my area of expertise. My area of expertise is Bible and ministry. Um, but several months ago, I believe that the Lord laid upon my heart that that he wanted me to do something to help engage our community in this particular area. And uh, initially, I didn't pay it a whole lot of attention because, because again, that's not my area of expertise. But I have learned uh, over time how God deals with me. And normally, if it's something that, that I have conjured up from within myself, I can talk myself out of it. Uh, but I couldn't get away. This, this, this thought within me that you need to begin something to address this particular area within the community. So I knew that was the Lord. And so I began uh, to pray as to what what would this look like. Uh, I invited people who do have area, uh, who do have expertise in this uh, particular area uh, to partner uh, with me. So this is not a one man uh, operation. And this is the genesis. Um, this is the alpha of the uh, organization. Uh, but it's not the it's not the uh, omega. It's not the end. This is just the beginning. So I can't say specifically how it will completely unfold over the next few months and years. But I'm confident that God is going to give us the leading that we need so that we can do what our goal is. That's to help people, to help people reach a point by the grace of God where they are mentally and emotionally healthy, connected with a community of people. Uh, who can uh, help them uh, reach that point. 
I appreciate you taking the initiative to do that. I think that it will help the community. No doubt there is some life out there that could possibly be saved uh, by your efforts. Are there anything else that you would like to say uh, to anyone that might be listening? Just know that wherever you may be right now, if you find yourself in a a place of a low place emotionally or mentally, right where you are, the Lord not only uh, cares for you, but the Lord is able and he's willing to help you. If you would do what those psalmists did first, they cried out to God and then God moved many times through other people to help them come out of that dark place. And that's what God wants for you. God wants for you to come out of that dark place and he can help you. And many times his help comes through somebody else. Amen. Again, we thank you very much, Pastor Lubin, for being with us today. Uh, I pray that that program that you're implementing will be successful. So again, thank you for coming today. Uh, Mr. Miller, I appreciate you allowing me to come and share with you today on your program. Okay. Thank you very much. This podcast has been sponsored by the West Texas Tribune and Floyd Miller Investments. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through FSC Securities Corporation, FSC member FINRA SIPIC. FSC is separately owned and other entities and are marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of FSC. Floyd Miller can be reached at 3300 South 14th Street, Suite 100, Abilene, Texas, or by phone at 325-676-0138.